It's Jerry time. Peanut butter Jerry time. <laughs> God, dear God. Why, why did I? Why did that come into my mind? That's gonna exist in in my brain now, unfortunately. like chip tunes show tunes have you seen hamilton have you seen hamilton you ever seen that episode of how i met your mother where lin-manuel miranda is rapping on the bus you ever even been on a bus you support public transit this is episode 236 of insert credit our video game talk show featuring a panel of experts who absolutely must answer whatever question I pose to them within six minutes or meet the reproach of a horrible buzzer. Mm -hmm. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the worst non-alcoholic beverage I've ever tasted from a can was Tab. From a can, mate? Really? Um, from yeah, a can. yeah, awful. I'm gonna do, uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and the worst uh, non-alcoholic beverage I've ever tasted from a plastic bottle, we'll say. Because the can, because cans make everything better, as you as you all know. Um, it just tastes better out of a can, and it's better for the environment. It's more recyclable. Um, the worst beverage I ever had from a plastic bottle, I've got to say, was McCole, a Korean coffee cola, which uh, does not sound disgusting uh, uh, on principle. Um, it, I mean, I think the Coca Cola brand, Coca Cola coffee, was quite delicious. Whenever I was able to find it, uh, whereas McCole kind of tasted like like it had some cigarette puree in there as well. Like it was for horror movie monsters exclusively. Did not like it. If we're allowing plastic bottles, then I'm going to have to amend my answer to Super Drink, which is the generic cola they sell in Israel. Well, that Super rules. Drink. Yeah, it's not good. Super Drink. That's a good name, though. Yes. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm not a big... Um connoisseur of carbonated beverages i drink a lot of waters and so stuff and, and the, the question wasn't about carbonated though anything you drink out of a can or a, a bottle I, the reason i mentioned that is because i like i feel like most of those canned beverages are um, coconut water sodies and such yeah but I haven't, had, I haven't had like a really bad coconut water for me, it's all whatever type of um, non-sugar sweetener, unfortunately. I just can't uh, handle those, and so it's probably mm. the worst thing I've ever had is when I was expecting to get a triple uh, X vitamin water uh, and, and got a triple X vitamin water, water zero sugar instead. So the dissonance between what I expected to have, the l packages are so subtly different that it's easy to pick one up and mistake it for the yeah, other. And one of them is black on the top and white on the bottom. These are, the other's white on top and black on the bottom. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, I've, I've made a similar mistake in the opposite direction yeah, before. So the, I will say, if you have five of them, though, you'll, you'll never... The other one will start to taste weird. So... And uh, vitamin water at least uses stevia, so stevia is genuinely good for you. Yeah, good old Steven. But uh, even me and Steve don't get along that well, so it's the whiplash uh, of what you expect versus what you get. Yeah, I mean, I used to be a diehard hater of uh, any artificial sweetener, and now it's, you know, whatever. Yeah, you flipped it around. <laughs> We've got another person on the show that I'd like an opinion on. Oh, uh, okay. Joining Excellent. us this week is the world's foremost expert on intermediate crossovers and a man with his own entry on the Homestuck Music Wiki, Topher Florence. <laughs> Uh-oh. The, uh, the worst thing I've ever drunk out of a can is probably uh, some expired Clamato. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Really bad up in the guts. Not good stuff. <laughs> That's our winner. 
It's clam juice with some vegetables, right? Yes, sir. Can I actually point out the worst thing that I will not drink out of a can? Uh, yes. Okay, is uh, there's this brand of water called Liquid Death that is branded oh, God, with all yes. sorts of this heavy metal <laughs> branding, and they have this real kind of death metal looking uh, typography and uh, iconography all over the can. And their initial ad campaign was so brazen and so hard and so loud and so uh, firing on all cylinders that and it was it was marketed at several people probably not just me um though it was it was blasted just t-shirt cannon blasted in my face uh on, on all my social medias for like a whole year and then i went down to the supermarket and there it was uh just you know standing on an end cap and i just i just got all huffy about it and then now it's everywhere i go and it's just become like a normal water and they've got ads where they're like we're donating money to ukraine or whatever and it's like it's like okay you're liquid death uh uh and it's like you know now you're just you're just kind of a company that exists now and you're donating money to uh <laughs> political causes i agree with uh and you're just out there uh offending me with your i'm just i'm a bit of a marketing super taster i realized so and i've been dealing with that my whole life thank you goodbye uh nice that's it that's all i got Excellent. isn't it strange how something will be marketed you'll you'll see an ad for something or I, I don't know if this happens to you, but I think I think this yeah. is one of the problems with advertising now is that I see an ad for something and I'm like, oh, it must not be any good because they need to advertise it to me. <laughs> well, and, they, and they need to pander. What, the more specific a group to whom they pander. I mean, I know, you know, I, I've taken enough, uh, took enough college courses on the subject of marketing and mass communication and whatnot. I know that the first thing you do is you just pick an audience. You, as long as you choose somebody, the more specific the somebody you choose, uh, the more likely it is you'll have any success at all. And it, it sounds like it might not work sometimes, but it does work 100% of the time versus the alternative. So they're like, we're going to make water. We're going to make we're going to we're going to seal tap water up in a container uh, to be opened on demand. And who are we going to they just throw something at the dartboard. It's like death metal fans. Is like the dart lands on that. Like, all right, we're gonna market canned water to death metal fans, uh, to any people who listen to metal. Um, and then you know it just becomes a thing. It just kind of installs itself. Probably a bunch of frat boys got together. You know, this is similar reasons to why I refuse to you know step within like a hundred feet of a Shake Shack. I put a reverse restraining order on myself. My theory is that they'll recruit some marketing guy with a background from that specific niche. Uh, so they're going to want to play to their own strengths in picking an audience to market this particular thing to, even if they're oh, not sure, necessarily sure. related. Yeah. Or guys, guys uh, had success in a particular sector before. Yeah. You know, they start talking about these guys with their, with their toupees and their suits start talking about sectors, you know. And look, I've had success in the metal sector before. Uh, let's see if we can find success in the video game sector. Good idea. No. Taking on these questions. Not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go for it, though. Is the multiverse trend just a way to bring a bunch of intellectual properties together, or can video games do something interesting with it? I think it's the first one. Shoot, dude. All I'm interested in is a multiverse, a Sega multiverse game where Cosmic Kidu gets to drive the Ferrari from OutRun. Like, something like that. Like, can we do that? Like, Fighters Megamix? Yeah, I mean... Except uh, for today? Ultimately, isn't that what those cross-zone games were? Like, we were really having multiverse problems in video Project games. Project... Pro 
<laughs> Project X Zone. Yeah. X Zone. X Zone. Yeah, Cross Zone, I believe, is how it was supposed to be pronounced, right? Yep. It was. I think it's like Hunter Hunter that you don't pronounce the X at all. Yeah, it's just Project Zone. A zone. That's my family. I, I know for a fact right. it was Project X Zone. Yeah, it was. The Yakuza creators, like, they still like uh, Cosmic Cube, they didn't want to have him in a fighting game because he would have to hit a woman, and that would be unchivalrous of him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he's, he's a good so. man. He's a good man. He's yeah. a he'd be John Goodman if he was an actor. He's a better man than Mario. He, he only punches people who are exactly the same as him. Yeah, they've got to be a, they've got to be a Gotsuyo Toko, or he doesn't punch them. They're on different stages of his path, uh, but they're all on the same path as him. Mm-hmm. I think for a crossover to be like actually interesting in any way, it's got to be probably a fan made one will be better than a corporate one anyway. Just from the standpoint of being more interesting, but if it if you are going to talking about like a regular like product on a shelf, like the Lego Dimensions route, where they kind of mm-hmm. the, the the friction is opposed to just dumping all of them in a barrel, you want to have a character take their traits and actually use something with it. You know, like like uh, in that game, Kit from Knight Rider commiserates about being an AI with Glados, or you know, Sonic talks to Bart Simpson about the Sonic episode of The Simpsons. You know, stuff like that. It's kind of it's it's a thing as opposed to nothing, you know. Is that something that happens in that Lego? Sonic talks to Bart Simpson about not not having a cow and uh, also <laughs> being a dude with a tood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you use the uh, time machine in Springfield and it becomes bedrock, that kind of thing. So we're talking like a, a Jetsons, Flintstones, Simpsons, Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. Yeah, that also has Cosmic you driving the car, for the Ferrari from Outrun. Yeah. Is that, tr- is that right? I think that's that right. It? Does it have to be the Ferrari from Outrun, or could it be any Ferrari? Um, no. There's a lot of Ferraris in Outrun, all right, so it could be any one of them. Which one do you want? Testarossa? Are you a Testarossa man, Jaffe? <laughs> I, that, I'm i not that, a car uh, man. Well, you should play Outrun, and maybe- I support public transit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we should have public, public Ferraris, like City Bike, you know? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> sure. Um, I think City that, Ferrari. like, multiverse- you know, it's it's annoying in a way, but we have been doing it in games for so long. We've been doing all these crossover things. Smash Bros. We got Smash Bros. We got Fighters Megamix. We got- and Konami Bros. Remember that one? I do. Sony Bros. Sony Bros was there. God, if someone were to do a crossover of Sony Bros, Konami Bros, and Nintendo Bros, like that would be legit. Pretty much would just be Nintendo Bros. What I'm thinking when I introduce this topic- is more of the idea of the construct of a multiverse itself, the way, say, Everything Everywhere All at Once presents it, or even Chrono Cross presents it, as opposed to a Super Smash Brothers type thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chrono Cross is a good a good multiverse exploration. I don't think we're going to get anything past, like, another Kingdom Hearts. Like, the, I, I don't think that we have the restraint to do... Something you like you don't think we're going to get anything anywhere uh, at any time? No, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think we can uh, have the restraint to do something like Chrono Cross again. I think we have to. I mean, you know, Kingdom Hearts is actually pretty restrained compared to uh, some of these these vibes I'm picking up around the Marvel nonsense. Uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts is actually pretty chill in terms of its own uh, its own little. Uh, there, there is a sort of a multiverse. Would you? What do we call this? It's a sort of a, a sort of a cousin of a multiverse going on in Kingdom Hearts, where you've got the 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 nobodies and the heartlesses, right? Am I the only? Does anybody else? Jaffe, do you know about Kingdom Hearts? I know about Kingdom Hearts up until Dream Drop Distance. Oh, uh, Dream Drop Distance is all right, uh, but it's uh, actually it's a whole bunch of that's a big big KFC bucket of nonsense. Yeah, um, I stopped a couple worlds into that. Like, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, you don't need to drop all the way. 
in the dream distance. I actually saw that everything everywhere all at once movie. Did you know it's abbreviated E I E I O? That's not true. Uh, <laughs> it should be. Uh, they should have. They should have reworked the title a little bit. I saw that movie. Anybody else see that movie? Yeah, I caught a cold watching that movie. I would like to watch oh, it. Oh man! But I don't want to catch no uh, colds nor covids. So I'm not doing. You should anything. check it out. They got short round in there. Yeah, they got no. short round in there. He's, he's, he's in a, there. He's big round now. He's tall round. Yeah, he's uh, he's back. I I you know how I got excited about that movie is I was talking about how there's a new Indiana Jones movie being directed by James Mangold, uh, which I think that guy's cool. Uh, he did Logan. He's doing the new Indiana Jones movie, and I was like, you know, a new Indiana Jones movie could be cool if they do it right, right? Which is, I mean, who knows? You know, old man Indiana Jones retiring or whatever. He already did Logan. Might as well do Harrison Ford. And I was like, you know, they should have Short Round in there. So then I Googled Short Round, and this was like two years ago, and that's how I found out about that movie. Uh, oh, just, really? Just to say, <sighs> wait, wait. I just, I just wanted to say something about um, uh, Mister Mister Short Round, whose whose name is escaping me right now. But uh, it's 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 Ki Huey Kwan. Yeah, that's right. Someone was posting the idea of a an Indiana Jones movie where Kihei Kwan, he's he's the main character, and he's gonna return all the artifacts to their places oh yeah of i saw that viral yeah. twitter thread i would uh, i saw that that's a solid idea if you ask me there's, there's a way to do that very well yeah i mean indiana jones uh, also uh, famously returns some artifacts too over the course of those movies not exactly advertently uh though yeah there's a yeah i mean it's not exactly a flip a full flip of the the idea it's just a good idea in itself it's not necessarily a subversion yeah Indiana Jones does return a bunch of Nazis to hell. Yeah, which is where they came from. Uh, <laughs> right. Nice. So, so as yeah. I was saying. He turns a lot of uh, <laughs> women's mouthy words back to their faces because he doesn't like women very much. Okay. I, okay, Brandon. Wait, are you saying right, Indiana Jones it. doesn't like women yeah. very much? Yeah. I, I, mean, I, yeah, I mean. Indiana Jones has not aged well. I get it. Yeah, it is not. I was going to ask this question later, but now's a good time for it. Yeah, let's do what it. What are your predictions at this point for Kingdom Hearts 4? Oh, man. Kingdom <laughs> Hearts 4 is... Uh, well, I like uh, the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, I have played them all, and I do like them quite a great deal. Um, so I would say we're going to have Star Wars. <laughs> that trailer's got Star Wars in it. Yeah, it does. It's got the little AT-AT stomping down on Endor. <laughs> one, one like half of a second of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like frame by framed it in Premiere. Did you, did you download it and frame by frame it in adobe premiere because that's uh that's 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 how it, that's how they want you to watch those trailers i watch every trailer for everything if uh if i watch all a trailer for a video game yeah for everything all at once if i decide to watch a trailer for a video game which i usually do because it feels like part of my job i download them all using 4k video downloader and then i just drop it into premiere and uh frame by frame through it and it's very uh very fun to do it that way after you're done do you say now i done seen everything now I don't see in everything. Uh, yeah. Now I don't see in every frame. Yeah, is how I say it. Um, uh, man, that's a Red Dead Redemption two uh, voice clip. Uh, if you, uh, I knocked over a guy with my horse's head while trying to park my horse, and a guy sitting next to him said, "Now I don't see in everything," and it was very good. That game rules, dude. Um, so anyway, Kingdom Hearts four is gonna have Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, sure. Is it gonna is it gonna have Bene Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange? in there um yes probably yeah because it's gonna have marvel as well is it going to have a uh, uh, tom holland's spider-man probably uh will it also have toby Maguire's spider-man and andrew garfield's spider-man i can't say 
though. I wouldn't be surprised. Will it have Final Fantasy guys? Because it seems like they've backed off from Final Fantasy guys. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, I, I arrived about at the midway point of Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, having reached a sort of a, I had a sort of a eureka moment, which is Kingdom Hearts guys are Final Fantasy guys. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, they're the Final Fantasy guys. The Sora's a Final Fantasy guy at this point. Yeah, I mean, I that's guess fair. He's kind of a Final Fantasy nine all the way in Smash. Guy. Yeah, I mean, Jaffe, are you, how familiar are you with the story of Kingdom Hearts three? I mean, I know you say you dropped off after Dream Drop Distance, very superficially. Okay, because in in the world of Kingdom Hearts three, uh, in the world of to- in the Toy Story world from Kingdom Hearts three, there is a a famous popular. Uh, anime TV show slash uh, oh, I know this yes. multimedia franchise that's uh, got uh, this guy named Yozora in it, and uh, which means night sky, right? And Sora is Sora, and there was a thing with the Yozora in Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen, which never came out. And there's this extremely extraordinarily like ridiculously lavish CG movie trailer for this this uh, this Yozora thing, and it's it's completely bonkers how uh, ultra ultra uh, extravagant it is and the fact that it's part of the toy story world is like even even weirder right because toy story being the first cg uh the big cg movie and then they've got this uh incredible cg trailer for uh some final fantasy adjacent looking thing in there anyway it turns out there's actually some that that is a world in uh or it's not a world in kingdom hearts so there's a kingdom hearts 3 dlc that seems to indicate uh that that we're going there and the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer seems to have Sora in like a Shibuya Tokyo. You know, it's it's very difficult to to formulate a, a coherent, uh, much less in- intelligent sounding sentence about any of this. Though there's this hyper-realistic Shibuya Tokyo world that seems to exist uh, in, in the corners and fringes of Kingdom Hearts 3. And, you know, maybe that's a thing. And it's definitely going to be a thing in Kingdom Hearts 4. And I'm not really sure that somebody can cut me off at any time now because uh, I'm just uh, trying to think about <laughs> is this. Is Homer Simpson going to be in Kingdom Hearts 4? No. Verum Rex is the name of the, uh, the the real true king is the, is the name of the thing. Um, anyway, um, that, that has Yozoda in it. This could be a Final Fantasy 15 reference. I mean, who knows? So in other words, they, they, he is a Final Fantasy guy is what I'm trying to say. Sora is a Final Fantasy guy, and maybe we're going to see the real Sora, who's a, like a real ultra-human-looking human, an Unreal Engine 5-looking human. Homer Simpson, is he going to be in there? If there's a Simpsons world, I will take a dump in my pants. Like, like literally. <laughs> and uh, I'll love it. I don't even like the Simpsons. I'm ready for that. Well, it's just one for one, take the map from the Simpsons hit and run and just empty a bunch of Heartless into there. Yeah. My true actual prediction would be for... Because Disney's all in on Avatar. Yeah. I think yeah. truly will see a blue Navi Donald and Goofy up in there for real. Oh my God. They're going to look so sick. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. They're going to look so disgusting. You're going to have to like plug your braid into a pterodactyl. Oh my God. Struggle to remember the name of one character. It'll be great. Jake Sully, dude. Come on. Jake Sully. <laughs> yeah, Jake Sully. I... I don't know, and that was going around that nobody can remember yeah. the name of the main character of Avatar. I was like, what? Come on. What's wrong yeah. with people? That movie's not that good. Who cares? But it rules. I don't know. I'm going to watch Avatar too. And yeah, you know what? You're right. Avatar is going to be in Kingdom Hearts. All right. Here's my next question. Why do games keep giving you equipment and features later, which would have made the game more fun if you had them from the start? I don't know. Why does the CVS want me to enter my phone number every time to unlock the real price? Right? 
you know? Do you want to get this cough medicine for $9 or would you like to get it for $18? Give us your phone number, even though we already have it. We've got years of your purchases on record. Just give us your phone number again, you know? It's it's engagement, Jerry. That's that's what it is. It's engagement. It's it's keeping you uh, plugging away at stuff. I feel like that God of War game, if they'd have just given you all this stuff, it would have been so, so uh, awesome. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of, exactly. Yeah, if, if you just start with all the stuff, like the ability to uh, paint targets and do a sort of a Panzer Dragoon lock-on with throw your axe and have it intelligently like slam between all the dudes, that would have been so cool. Why do you got to unlock nonsense for like 12 hours of game to get there? Yeah, I mean... It feels like a little present every time. You, you unlock, ooh, a little present for me. Yeah, it really is that engagement thing because the game needs to keep evolving or else people will say that it's not evolving um and to do that they yeah. want they wind up with that stuff and sometimes you just wind up with something that is too good for for the game and like let's consider symphony of the night for example i think mm-hmm. it's i think it's appropriate in games like that to let you have a bunch of stuff and then take it away and then be like you're gonna get this later and so just please feel confident that this ledge that you can't get to where there's a treasure chest you're gonna be able to get there later i think that's okay i think that doesn't bother me too much it bothers me more when like in that um uh dodgeball academia game that i liked when they do something that's convenient and then take that away um this it's sort of different flip on the question but to to recap in that game at the start of it um there's a character who heals you at the end of every battle so you never have to worry about healing between battles which is very nice but then later they don't do that anymore and you have to heal at like a essentially a poke center kind of place and so you have to go back there every time or carry around healing items and it's 100 percent because they wanted to have items they wanted to have things you could collect and things you need to engage with that were beyond mm-hmm. equips and so they were like well we gotta we gotta have healing items but we want you to be able to get through this early stage so we're gonna make you heal during the, it like that stuff is very upsetting a lot of 1990s jrpgs start you out with a character who heals you uh it's it's it was a common like tutorialism trope yeah. At a certain point, to always yeah. just have a guy in your party who heals you, who then uh, is like, well, thanks for escorting me to the town. Right. You should go see the king now. Tim, the, the real problem with this one is that the guy remains in your party. He just doesn't heal you uh, anymore. But he doesn't heal you for free anymore? Yeah. That's a, bit of a, that's a bit of a fox pass, I would say. Yeah, it's a fox pass. I wouldn't necessarily go for that. Unlocking uh, skills and stuff later in the game. You know what is actually sleazier than unlocking skills and items as you go along in the game is having the player character able to do a double jump uh, right at the very beginning, which uh, an RPG that I'm thinking about uh, lets you do, and it also has a character who heals you in battle uh, just for the opening uh, opening chapter. It's not just a jump. It's like you can jump twice, not just once. You can jump twice, a no penalty double jump, and then you're just going to double jump every single platform. Mm-hmm. Just every platform that they give you, you're going to double jump on. Why not? I definitely feel this way about, like, all beat-em-ups, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm so arcade-brained that I just want to have every move at once, so... Yeah. Unless the game is, like, super well-tuned to have, like, a satisfying progression, you know? Uh, to have, But I don't want to sit there and learn new moves and buy new moves and go to stores and level up XP. I just want to have everything from the start, you know? I think an interesting case study is that Final Fantasy XII, where you have to buy the gambits that let you program the battle system 
And it's like, oh, do you want to be able to tell someone to attack the nearest enemy if uh, one of your party members is at 10% uh, of their HP? Like, I don't know why you, that's specifically what you'd want to do, though. Uh, you're going to have to get about 80% of the way through the game before you can buy that at a store, <laughs> right? Like, it's like little things like that. Uh, and it's the, the fact that they just made gambits sold at stores because they didn't really know how else to uh, to present them to the player. Because it should have been like a brawler. It should have been everything at the beginning all at once, right? You know? Yeah. Everything. I think uh, I think that you can do that stuff in an okay way when it's like, uh, okay, now we're in this area where there's enemies that are far away, but uh, guess what? You just found a bow and arrow. And, but like, it's not like you needed it before. It wasn't going to make things easier for you earlier when you were fighting in close quarters arenas or something. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I had a good conclusion. You want to hear my conclusion? Let's hear it. Uh, Go for it. People loved Castlevania Symphony of the Night because it let them progress stuff uh, so much so that a uh, large number of uh, kids, children, and adults forgot about Rondo, right? Uh, where you just got the one thing the whole time and it's real good. Similarly, some people said The Last of Us plateaued in difficulty. You don't really get new stuff that me that changes the game meaningfully at all past about the, the 25% mark in that game. You get new weapons, but it doesn't ever change anything fundamentally. So now, you know, we're back to you know, the God of War style skill trees. We unlock a million, billion things. That's just how it is. It's focus testing, Jerry. Yggdrasil? Is that the skill tree they have in God of War? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Yggdrasil skill tree. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. You got there. Excellent work, Jerry. Design a game based on the winter biathlon of cross-country skiing and rifle shooting that doesn't take place in an athletic competition. All right. Oh, man. It's everyone's favorite... Uh, Olympic event to say is their favorite Olympic event when they want to uh, butt into a conversation about the Olympics to indicate that they're the guy who doesn't like sports. That's the, that biathlon. Is that the one we're talking that about? Uh, no, those are the commercials. Oh, yeah. You know, there's like you're, you're going skiing. Like some people are like, oh, this, there's this skier on, for Norway that I like. And then someone goes, <laughs> you know what? Olympic event is the best, dude. It's the one where they got like a gun. Not, not to make everything about Yakuza. But um, there's there's yeah. there's that sequence in Yakuza Five where you're playing Taiga. I think it's Taiga. I keep forgetting his name. Um, the the former prisoner guy, and uh, you have to go into the mountains of Hokkaido, and it's snowing, and you have mm -hmm. to you have to hunt animals. But also occasionally you're on a um a, a snow what do they call that thing? Snow. It's not a snow speeder. Snowmobile. <laughs> That's the one. Snowmobile. It's called a snowmobile. It's an inverse trike with skis. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You could just combine the snowmobile with the hunting in that game, and there you'd be just like a. Uh... But oh, actually, yeah. I think what I'd truly make for fun uh, times and enjoyment would be I'd just make a Panzer Dragoon. Just make a rail shooter where you're always going forward on your skis. You got obstacles to avoid, and then you you know you hit the triggers to to rotate around to the different zones. Um, or you can use your thumbstick, I guess. And then, uh, you know, shoot alien weirdos. P make it in like a Simon Stolenhog kind of world where it's all wintry Sweden, but there's um, big robo-alien freaks coming out to try to get you. Uh, I'd, I don't know, I'd play it. Sounds like a real, just like a real long James Bond intro that just keeps on going forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service a little bit. Uh, OHMSS. 
my favorite James Bond book. If you need to read just one, well, I mean, read them and just read them all. They're pretty good. Um, I I would say we we have so few like if we if we let's let's I'm gonna take it to AAA as I usually do. I mean, that's where my my brain is usually at these days uh, is is in AAA. There are so few video games these days in the AAA genre that have the the, the guts to go for interesting primary verbs, right? It's always sword, gun, climb, right? I think just the introduction of skis, uh, making a character who is on skis, right? And you can cross country at a normal speed, but then down hills, you go faster. That's cool. That beats the heck out of a goddamn horse. Every game's got a horse in it now. You notice that? A whole lot of horses. <laughs> so I think you just give a, a guy some skis and then you have some sort of, you know, just start with that. It was Jack and Daxter 2, Jack 2, where you got the jet board you could pull out. And uh, and now movement is a lot more interesting, difficult, nuanced, frustrating. It's perfunctory at times. It is necessary. It is a prerequisite for entering or traversing certain areas. Uh, though, nonetheless, it's more interesting. I think having skis be something like that. Having the character have a vehicle that they carry around with them everywhere they go is already an interesting concept. And it beats the heck out of a magic horse that can appear every time I whistle or... Uh, you know, like yell my horse's name. He just comes running around the corner, appears. Uh, that coward pops his head out from behind a nearby tree. You know, where's that <laughs> horse hiding? How much cooler to have the guy with skis on his back and you press a button and he, he puts them on. I love in Final Fantasy 15 um, calling the Chocobo and then trying to whip my camera around to, to conf- trick it, confuse it about where it should appear because it wants to appear behind me from off camera. And so it's fun. To, I love that stuff. To try to mess with that. I had so much fun summoning my car in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> just press the D-pad and then quickly turn around and just there it is. They managed to make it uh, look somewhat natural. You almost never see it appear. So that's kind of cool. Except when it like falls out of the sky and blows up. Or I'm whatever. imagining. Uh, I'm imagining SSX tricky with a gun, and you're also doing trick shots uh, at targets. I think that could actually be. I mean, it's. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds a little. We're getting a little more indie game here, but if you had yeah SSX tricky tracks, and then you had targets that you had to shoot, and it like when you do a trick, you go into brief slow mo motion, or you don't, depending on your skill level. And uh, yeah. and you gotta shoot. It's time for Microsoft Studios to make Ski Free Two. You can fight the Yetis yeah. now. Oh yeah. yes, that's too. what we are going towards. I would say, like, I, I, I when I was a kid, I was a kid before we had a whole lot of video games. So I did have to read books uh, at some point, which okay. let me tell you was uh, was was not a whole lot of fun. No, nobody likes books. Um, so I did read enough cowboy books, enough cowboy books to know that uh, dudes usually would go would whoa their horse and then jump off grab their rifle and then shoot someone yeah nobody ever shot a gun while riding a horse because you fall off the horse you know yeah and red dead redemption 2 does a beautiful job of uh showing you why you don't shoot while riding a horse uh, i leave that up to the viewer or the listener to uh to uh to figure out now i don't uh, see everything so. now i don't see everything okay let me pitch you the scenario you've been hired to create a convention floor experience to promote mm-hmm. a collection of the Nintendo 64 and GameCube Mario Party games no. for the Nintendo Switch. No, I haven't. What do you do to make yourselves the talk of the show? They made a mistake hiring me. <laughs> um, I would say huge controllers. Yeah, big uh, Like a huge giant controller where you have to use four players to control each player. So they have like a huge Nintendo 64 controller on the floor. And then you set up uh, a competition with those mini games. 
where you have to twirl the analog stick from Mario oh, Party man. 2, where the kid got a hole like carved in his hand. Yeah, my friend Yoni did that all the time. <laughs> you have to have like three humans like grabbing this giant like Conan the Barbarian wheel uh, sized analog stick to rotate it really fast. And then you have to have a friend like jumping up and down on the A button. Okay. And you turn it into a whole thing. Beat the heck out of the Connect. This sounds pretty good, actually. And so it's like it's like four players per team, and each team is one character. And then you just have an announcer just yelling, Charles Martinet. You give him a, a big old gold medal flower bag full of cocaine. See what happens to him. <laughs> this this idea is going to be a little expensive because you need essentially a switch kiosk. Uh, or like about 200 switch kiosks or some or so mm-hmm. but uh you make the line to wait for the uh, like to get inside of this exhibit where you can do more stuff you make the line a mario party board and uh each tile that you're on um i mean it won't be every tile but like every, once you get to the the fifth or sixth tile or something like that uh that you're physically standing on then you can roll virtual dice and play a mini game at the switch kiosk so you're playing mario party while you're waiting in line to play mario party uh that's that's what i would do to be talk of the town that's pretty good yeah topher what you got mm, mario party is weird i don't know you get, what are you gonna do <laughs> maybe have live steak cooking live rowing all the weird <laughs> stuff you do in the games <laughs> oh yeah just make it a barbecue mm-hmm. survey the fans on twitter as to what their favorite uh, mario party games are uh, mini games and then you like recreate a couple of them in real life yeah maybe have them roam along a path where the blocks are literally falling behind them as they run and then they die yeah and then they die if anybody saw on the internet there's a video of me where i break my neck uh uh, uh at the Fortnite booth uh <laughs> at e3 2019 where they yeah. had this big giant uh, bouncy house with a, a big rotating thing you're supposed to jump over and i just i get hit by it and i fall and i hit my neck and I make a really, really loud, like glass breaking sound effect, and I keep showing that clip. Get, get them back. The people who uh, who Epic got for that, and you just have like four of those set up, and you put up a big sign that's like "No children allowed," which is a trick because you know the children aren't allowed at E3 at all unless they're a billionaire's child. At which point, you know, every single one of them is there. Yeah. You ever notice that, Brandon? Oh, I noticed. How there's always like there's like a hundred like four year olds at E3 just walking around. Yeah. With like these VIP badges on. Yeah, it's it's the worst children you can think of. That's who, that's who's allowed at E3. Yeah, it's like Bobby Kotick's uh, DNA turds, just uh, like all just <laughs> strutting around. How many children does Bobby Kotick have? Oh, probably about 50, 60 million. Um, I remember the, based on that Fortnite thing you were talking about, I remember this photo of a guy who um, he does like freelance marketing for video games. And he continues. Ooh, sounds like a nice guy. Continues to use this photograph, despite um, what it looks like. So, there at one of these E3s, or maybe I don't remember exactly where it was, but there was there was like a display where you could pull pull the master sword out. Like you couldn't actually pull it out, but you could like try to pull the master sword out of the stone for some Zelda thing. Um, it might have been a Breath of the Wild promo, but um, th- he had a picture taken of himself trying to pull this master sword out but they took it from really low and he's really like sweaty and red-faced and the crop of the photo is such that it just has his his hands around his crotch area with this little nub of something coming poking out of it and he's all sweaty and uh 
it just it looks really unfortunate and um like if you if you see the full photo with the sword in it it's like oh, okay i see what he's doing there but it's just cropped right at his hands so you're saying whatever we do at this mario party booth you want to have a whole bunch of spy cameras yes. make people sign a waiver on the way in and then give them what is hand-picked by charles martinet having just snorted a whole domino sugar bag full of cocaine yeah uh a whole morton salt canister of, <laughs> of cocaine just he he gets to choose the worst picture i have an important yeah. update Bobby Kotick has one child, Audrey Kotick, okay. who uh, worked for the Biden administration, their, uh, the campaign, uh. Uh, from June to August 2020, and now works for a national defense corporation. NDC. I mean, I guess- yes. I don't believe it. Checks out to me. I don't believe it. I think he's got at least- Oh, that, yeah. He's got at least 14 more. When you're, when you're a billionaire, you just have as many kids as you want. Somebody else takes care of them, right? Yeah, he probably doesn't know That's a theory. Many. You don't got to touch a single diaper. I you... think that's it. I'm going to go with Tim's proposal. Congratulations, yeah! Tim. Yeah! <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. Hello, it's your resident horny correspondent, Ash Parrish of The Verge. Alex Jaffe reached out and asked if I'd be willing to share my thoughts on the Halo TV show. And of course, I said yes. So here I am. If you're watching the Halo TV series and you're not caught up... I'm going to drop some pretty significant spoilers. So if you're not about that spoiler life, skip ahead until you hear Jaffe again. For the rest of you, especially my Halo lore fans, I hope you're sitting down because what I'm about to share is huge. So the Halo TV show has already been pretty liberal with its interpretation of the series. Its creators have gone on the record saying that it's not taking established canon into account. And at the beginning, that was pretty great. Um, shows like this don't have to be one-for-one one super faithful things. That's why they're called adaptations and not recreations, right? All of the choices that they made for the Master Chief, the decision to show his face, all of that, I really dug. First episode, I really appreciated um, his burgeoning relationship with this young girl by the name of Quan Ha. They had this kind of buddy cop dynamic that I thought was really cute and an interesting exploration of the Master Chief as he struggles with accepting his humanity or learning about humanity. We're talking about a guy who has been kidnapped by the age of six. Like he's essentially like a child soldier that's been reared by the UNSC to be this emotionless super soldier. And seeing him interact with this young girl was really good. I dug it. Great. Perfect. A plus. No notes. Over time, though, the series started to make some choices that I haven't vibed with as much. And all of that has come to a head in this most recent episode in which the Master Chief has sex. That's right. The Master Chief is not a virgin anymore. And we can finally, for good and all, answer the question, does the Master Chief fuck? Now, for those of you worried, it's okay. He does not have sex with Cortana or Dr. Halsey. It's actually worse. You see, the Master Chief has sex with a human covenant spy. <laughs> it's funny because during the, the act, while they do the deed, Cortana is forced to watch because, you know, she's an AI stuck in his head. And she has this like look of, God, I wish that were me on her face, which is funny because, you know, AIs don't believe in God and they're not supposed to wish. On top of that, it's even 
funnier because the master chief, like I said, he's this guy who's been kidnapped at the age of six, was raised to be a soldier, was embedded with this emotion suppressant chip. Like he's all about the mission. He is a career consummate soldier. Apparently, once he removed his little emotion regulation chip, he developed the skills to be such a good lover that the covenant spy was ready to switch sides. Like his master beef cured her. It's so funny. On top of all of that hilarity, the events surrounding them having sex and then what follows immediately after is probably looking like it's gonna put in motion the events that lead to the fall of Reach. So to summarize, the Master Chief had sex and it's probably gonna cause the fall of Reach, which is just a mind-boggling sentence to comprehend on its own. So this event of the Master Chief having sex is causing lots of trouble in the community. You've got one side of people who are applauding this decision, if only for the fact that the showrunners had the sheer balls to do something so wildly out of character with this guy with whom we all pretty much have a good idea of who he is and what he does and what he does not do, which is fuck. And on the other hand, you have these people who think it's like the worst sin that has ever been committed in video game adaptations because this is like the equivalent of giving Batman a gun and having him intentionally kill the Joker. And I know now that I've said that, that Alex Jaffe will come up with several instances in which he does just that. But the point is, is that this is like anathema to the Master Chief's character. Even with all the liberal interpretations that they've done with him so far. This just feels so wildly out of place. And for the most part, I agree. I'm not sure where I fall on, is this good or is this bad? I think it was poorly done. I think if they wanted to show him having this connection with this spy, that there were better ways to do that than actually have them having sex. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, depending on what side of the matter you fall on, I'd love to hear people's thoughts, but that's what's going on in the Halo TV fandom right now. So <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's been a wild ride. So that has been, uh, Master Chief Does the Covenant. I have been your host, Ash Parrish. You can find me on Twitter at AdAstra. Thanks for listening. And now we return you to your regularly scheduled insert credit. This is Insert Credit, the show. Welcome back to it. This is the point where we take a question out from the dirt bag, uh, which you can do by going to patreon.com slash insert credit. Subscribe to us for a nominal monthly fee. You get access to the form, which allows you to submit questions. You get a bonus episode every month and occasional surprises like... Brandon's been reviewing some games up there, and there may be some other stuff there in the future as well. This week's question comes from Kiko B, who asks, what's an example of a fetch quest that you sincerely enjoyed? Shoot. Ah, man. Um, I was just thinking about this earlier today. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami, uh, at the very beginning of the game, there's a, so if you've played the original Yakuza, you'll know that it doesn't necessarily have this quest. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, the original Yakuza starts out on a very punchy note with the uh, Kiryu going to jail and then getting out of jail uh, 10 years later. Though Yakuza Kiwami starts with a very extended intro, uh, a, a one night in Kamado Cho that then there's a flashback to a month ago and whatever. There's a part where you're supposed to get a ring for Yumi-chan for her birthday. Do you remember this, mm-hmm. Brandon? Yeah. It's a, it's a mandatory fetch quest. 
where you have to go get this ring and you buy it and then it gets stolen from you by a pickpocket and then you follow the pickpocket and you have to like find him once and then find him again and then uh, he tells you he sold it to a pawn shop and then bought lottery tickets with the money. So you go to the pawn shop, the guy won't give it to you, tells you you need 120,000 yen, you go out, you find your friend and then you go in and then he's raised the price on you and then you go out and ask your friend for uh, 300,000 more and then you go back and the guy goes, you know what, I checked on it and, and it really was stolen and you seem serious so I'm just going to give it to you. And uh, then that's like the conclusion of this mandatory fetch quest that is thrown there to you at the beginning of the game to kind of explain and deepen your relationship with, with this this girl character who's going to be instrumental in uh, what causes Kiryu to go to jail. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. So for me, that was a fetch quest because I'd played this game before in its its original uh, primitive form before it was remade uh, with the more luxurious graphics and uh, a slightly rewritten, uh, quite rewritten story. And I just thought, what a ridiculous, stupid quest that exists to just immerse me in the world of this game right here at the beginning. It was nice. And yeah. it's it's a mandatory quest, so it is a main story mission, but it has all the texture of a fetch quest. That fetchy texture. I think I'm a, uh, may, maybe a bad person to talk to about this because I think that um, maybe in general I am friendlier toward fetch quests than most people or perhaps because you're talking about wanting breezy games oh, and you can just yeah. breeze through right yeah. so a fetch quest is uh mm-hmm. is the ultimate let's hang out with this game yeah, it's like let's go over here and get this and then let's go over there and get that so the kind of fetch quest that i like even though i i see it happening the whole time and i'm like okay i get it I like when, as long as they don't make you run to literal opposite ends of the map every time, I like when there's the whole like trade up fetch quest where it's like, I've got this, they do it in Yakuza, they do it in all other kinds of things, but it's like, I've got this one thing, but I need this other thing. Let, let's see who, who I can trade what to get a thing. And and then I, I did, you yeah. get to see a bunch of little glimpses of people's lives where they're like, you happened upon me at just the right time because I did need a scrap of leather with which to patch my jacket. Uh, or Are you talking about <laughs> the Link's Awakening quest in general? Uh, no. The Link's Awakening quest was, I believe, the first, uh, the first really uh, ambitious example of that kind of a quest where you have to trade the, the item trading quest. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My first encounter with this was in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Ocarina of Time has a uh, a slightly less ambitious variant of it. Mm-hmm. I like the game Tomba, because the game's based on like 127 fetch quests with like some light platforming in between it, you know, and it's just the feeling of the game itself is so good. It kind of just, you don't even mind it, just kind of, yeah, like you said, a hangout game like that. Yeah, I guess that's right. I like that character design, Tomba. I played Tomba 1 and 2 somewhat recently. 2's a bit rough. Yeah. It's a lot of pigs in that game. Well, there's pigs. It's all about killing pigs, yeah. You gotta and, get you know, I'm all for it, you know, if you know what I mean, <laughs> just go ahead. And... Tomba said ACAB. I, I, I may be a vegetarian, but I ain't against grilling no bacon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think fetch, fetch quests can be, they can be nice. And, you know, I'm going to put them in my next game because... I just, I I uh, I like a hangout vibe and I, and they're also easy to ignore generally if you don't like doing them it's it's except for the Kiwami example quite often they're just well and I guess the entirety of Tomba but um it, 
if you don't want to do a fetch quest, you usually don't have to. It is annoying when in a game like Nier, for example, they intentionally make you run to every place in the world. Like that one quest. What's that quest, Jaffe, where the guy's a jerk to you and he's like, you'll do whatever Oh, want, yeah, right? the one where you're trying to uh, track down the guy who ran out on his wife. That's right, yeah. And, um, you know, that... And he's just scamming everyone in the world. That one is annoying because... You do have to traverse the world multiple times, and it and I know the point is to be annoying, but it's it's kind of annoying. Yeah, that's the joke. It's annoying for the point to be annoying, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, it's like I understand that I've played video games before. I don't need to be told that one. But, I think um, annoyance should only ever happen on accident. If you're right. ever doing something <laughs> that's, an, and I think if you're not sure if you're being annoying, maybe uh, yeah. just don't say anything. It's just at that point in near, I feel like I'm friends with the game itself, so it's like a buddy pulling a prank on me. Sure. I don't like when buddies try to pull pranks on me, to be honest. I agree oh, with so that as well. That's just that's just me, though. I mean, I don't know. Here's our next question. What are the greatest challenges in video game animation today? Hair. Ooh. Still hair. 60 FPS. Yes. Uh, dude, the people still can't figure out how a horse actually walks. They've taken videos and photographs. They can't animate dogs as well as they should. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, any any living being, that's that's the big cha- challenge, is uh, quadrupeds. All quadrupeds are difficult. Um, it feels like everybody was trying to do water for a long time, but I think we had water pretty much good enough for a significant period. Delicious. We don't need all. Sea of Thieves water looks real, real nice. Yeah, we don't need all the drips and everything. Just just get the the waves and the ripples. That's good enough. Like you said, the the hair and the eyes still look kind of weird on every human, no matter who they are, what game it is. Yeah, uh, animating hair. I mean, if you remember, Ubisoft was like, we we can't animate a woman. That was just somebody being stupid because what they wanted to say is that we would need to make additional... All these dif- different Animations. animation cycles, yeah. and 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 that would that would be that would be very time consuming. But he was like, doing a woman is too difficult. Yeah, I feel like uh, that was a case of a guy whose native language was uh, was not English, and you know, social media was yet so uh, still new and exciting, and uh, he he got jumped on. He I was just I saying think, we'd have to do a whole bunch more animations. No, I, think, I don't know. I think it turned out that that guy was also a guy who said a bunch of other stupid nonsense, and then oh, got yeah. indicted for some—not indicted, but he got accused of some stuff. I believe, I'm, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but I mean, yeah. Uh, and then if you remember Tomb Raider, they they were like really super excited about how they animated that ponytail that one time. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Tress effects. Yeah. It's like the late '90s or early 2000s, but now I mean, you look at that new um, sword, fairy and sword—I forget what it's called—the uh, new Chinese action RPG that's coming out pretty soon. And sword and fairy. Yeah, every, everybody in there has, is wearing long, flowing robes, and they all look like really good. And it seems like they're, they're kind of we're running out of problems, except for quadrupeds. So maybe that's what's next. Yeah, them darn quadrupeds, man. They're going to get us all. I think people are still trying to solve that. They're uh, trying to make 3D characters actually look 2D. Mm. Like those those Naruto games were kind of. Oh, yeah. Where they really started to, you know, pop off like that. But now that's, they keep, they're still doing that, you know. Yeah, Genshin Impact, stuff like that. But, there, you know. there, are, there are strides being made because, I don't know, if you, look at, uh, if you look at Hades, Hades doesn't truly look 2D, but it doesn't, it doesn't look 
not 2D <laughs> enough that it feels weird because they, they're trying to go for an illustrative yeah. style. And so it winds up looking like some sort of illustrated 3D that could work on an illustrated 2D background kind of a thing. I don't know. I think they're... You might call it an isometric exercise. Yeah, I might call it that. Man, I, was, I just started watch, watching The Exorcist last night for the first time. Oh, good film. That movie jumps all over the place. They don't they don't wait around for nobody. They'll just they'll just time skip with a with a regular a regular uh scene edit. Like it'll just be now it's two weeks later. Yeah, keep up. They lost their copy of the rule book, man. L- Linda Blair's <laughs> peeing on the floor all of a sudden. Just, Dog ate the rule book. It yeah. happens sometimes. It's um I would fun. say one of the biggest <laughs> challenges facing animators of uh video games today is uh uh, psycho idiots on Twitter who uh, uh, think they're goddamn Sherlock Holmes because they identified the fact that a sequel to a game contains at least one animation from uh, the previous installment that has been uh, copy pasted. Oh yeah! Oh the boat. As though that's like a bad thing. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's a good animation. Why not have it's, it again? Use it some more, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not willing to rule anything out at this point as regards like what further goblinization shall befall planet Earth, right? So we've seen particular sorts of people who one had perhaps laughed at and considered clownish at uh, periods past. Uh, we've seen such people become. Uh, you know, ascend to uh, influential uh, positions of power. Indeed. So, uh, who knows uh, uh, how one of these gotcha gotcha YouTubers, one of these uh, Cinema Sins style uh, YouTubers, uh, you know, who knows how powerful such a person could become to a point where you know we've already got can can you pet the dog uh, has become a metric now. Uh, every game developer just scrambling Octodad style over their own limbs to include a pettable dog in their game brag about it on social media before can you pet the dog it gets wind of it you know it's like you're just trying to can you pet the dog dot twitter has become the tax man in a certain way um that's another challenge facing facing uh the 3d animators or animators in general of video games has got to get a pettable dog in there yeah i suppose that is true you do have to do one. check those boxes who who knows when one of these animation reuse police uh asset reuse police is going to get out there and uh, you know, and eventually the creative director of a game meekly shall intone on a Monday morning meeting, uh, please, we need a new uh, shotgun reloading animation uh, for the trailer just to make sure, you know, just to make That's sure time. that we don't get yelled at. That's yeah. a shame because you're, you're going to have to think it's, it's, it's going to happen. Next question. What distinctions would you make between the numbers one through four on a 10 point game rating scale? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, three is God Hand, according to IGN, right? Yeah. Right. So that's pretty good. I mean, one through four are tough numbers because the the average is not five. Uh, the average is no. The average is the average is, is seven. seven. Right? And so it's like seven point four or something like that. Then and numbers one through four are scarcely used except in review bombs at this point where someone is like there's a yeah. woman in this and i don't like that mm-hmm. but if we were to do it which w- i think would be what we're talking about here i think a, correct a game that is a one would have something abhorrent about it so like it would it would be like that stupid game hatred or whatever it, it would it would be some, hatred it would be something that that is is like has purposefully non-redeemable qualities to it. Um, I, I mean, like America's Army. That would. That would. That would. But it's still playable because I think a zero is a broken game that you cannot. Oh, play. We weren't talking about. I didn't know zeros were in play here. 
Wait, are we saying zero? I thought we said one through four. Oh, zero yes, through four? Yes, there are, but uh, one is, we're starting at a point higher than zero and ending at a point lower than five. Okay, well, I'm not going to think about zero right now, but... Uh, it's important to note that the reason something like a seven is average is that enough people are required to work on a video game that... Uh, if a video game of a certain size is released, it probably won't be as bad as a one or a zero. There has to be an entire like committee-sized failure perpetrated for a a triple A video game to arrive fully baked as a one or a two or a three. They usually right a committee-sized failure must uh, must occur. Uh, you know, some glacier miracle of a sort has to be uh, perpetrated. Uh, whereas um. And also, if a, if a game is bad and small or a Steam Greenlight or whatever, a, a website like IGN is just not going to review it, right? Yeah. They're just, they're just not going to review it. So most of the ones and zeros and worst games ever and such that, are, that have ever been made, uh, it's just nobody reviewed them. So that's why the average is seven. Like, that's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of lower ones, lower metacritic ones that are like licensed games that had to come out at the same time as the movie and and yeah so they they just got made in about yeah. like 30 seconds yeah I, I i know for a matter of fact that when you give something a low review score uh you do get lots of hits people love to they still do love to read negativity except now people get beat up uh if you're negative about something that's too uh, uh too popular that has more than like four fans yeah or, you know, one of those big YouTubers. So if we're talking let about a game that... Let people enjoy things. Yeah, let people enjoy things. You know, what if I enjoy uh, making people not enjoy things, right? <laughs> uh, so it's... Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I prefer to only review things that I think are extremely good and uh, sincerely uh, review them to give them high scores. But if I were to... So basically, in order to define 1, 2, 3, and 4 on a scale, I would have to think of some games that fit 1, 2, 3, and 4 assuming that uh something i like a lot is a 10 toki making memorial is a 10 right and it is bingo i think the problem for me with this stuff is that i don't know that a a game being a two or a three means that i don't like it yeah you know like i don't know if it's on my like scale it's more like this game is it's poorly executed and their vision was not realized and it has a lot of problems however I enjoy maneuvering that space. Like, does that does that absol- does that mean it's not a two or or like does it become a seven because of that or is I think it- there's something to that because like if I hear that there's there's a certain kind of movie I hear that if it's a polarizing kind of movie by a director that I like and I I see the score is you know on Metacritic it's a it's a forty nine I get excited oh, yeah, about totally. that. you know what I mean totally I'm, yeah that sounds like something interesting I'm watching happen. these uh, these C tier movies. Every day, basically, I, w- I watch an average of um, of let's say six movies a week or so, and a lot of them are just absolute filth. I got a stack of VHS tapes over here. I got a I got a movie called Trucks, which uh, is about killer trucks, and it turns out it is just a, a, a remake, another attempt at the um, Stephen King short story that inspired Maximum Overdrive, which is a bad movie that I enjoy that I have watched like five times, despite the whole middle portion of it being like. A snooze fest. A lot of middles that weren't so good back in those movie days. That's for sure. So I'd say what you should probably do is you should you should define what for what for you what for us is a ten what's a nine what's an eight you've got to just like name a game uh, just off the top of your head Brandon what's what's a game you think is a ten 
Oh, just, you just off the top of your head, don't think about it too much. Uh, ten. That's that's the hardest one, though. Um, hold on. Let me think. What's a ten? Yeah, I know. See, it's hard. It's hard. I'm sure. Uh, Tetris. I personally wouldn't give Tetris a ten. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'd put it somewhere around six. I'd I'd huh. give uh, I'd give Oscar hundred twenty percent limit over a ten on the Brandon Sheffield scale. What would you give Panzer Bandit? Panzer Bandit, I would give another game by the same developer. I would give a six, um, but that doesn't mean really I don't, doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, um, what would you? Okay, uh, what would you give? Uh, what would you give? Harmful Park. Harmful Park, I think, is right in the seven zone. Seven zone. Okay, that's what I, I was, was presuming it would be somewhere in there. What would you give? Uh, Community Palm. You play Community Palm? I didn't play Community Palm. I'm trying to just list games by the developer of Asuka 120%. Phil and Cafe. I've played all of these games, uh, just letting everyone know. I would put, um, like, Mad Stalker as a... um, Yeah. I think that would be also a six. Okay. I'm I'm trying to get some more... Oh, I think... I also think uh, going in a different... For a different developer, I think uh, Ranger X would be a nine. Okay. Okay. More like Ranger IX. Uh, where would you put uh, Crusader of Senti, Ragna Senti, uh, or Soleil, as yeah. some know it? Another game by that, that same developer. That actually would be an 8 for me. That would be an 8? Okay, so we've got a 10, a 9, and an 8. What's a 7? Oh, wait, you already have a 7. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Harmful Park. Harmful Park? Yeah. Yeah, Harmful Park's a good chill game to just play all the way through. What about Nekketsu Oyako? What would you give that? Oh, Nekketsu Oyako is actually a pretty good 5. I think that's a good um, right in the middle. I was thinking of 5. For me, because um, I like... I like all the scene transitions, but it's actually pretty boring, um, but I like it. It is a not very good Streets of Rage. It's like bare knuckle, uh, but spelled with like an N instead of a K. And <laughs> yeah. um, it's, 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 it feels like a big <laughs> Lots brand, bare knuckle. Like I, I like Neketsu uh, or Oyeko quite a lot, though. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, what would be a four then? What's a four? So now we, we've got five through ten here. Yeah. This is good, right? We mm-hmm. got- yeah, here we go. Now you've got to decide where from that can you extract a four, three, a two, and a one. Yeah, so I think I've, I think I've got... I would say four. Go ahead. Four, I would say Bioshock Infinite would be a four for me. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I see that. I see that okay. on the scale. Um, I lit it up in 4K, 120 FPS on my TV, and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Uh, it sure does have a whole lot of stuff in it in terms of uh, the effort. It's A lot of it is repugnant and repetitive, you know, double rep there, so it's not super great. But I'd give that about a four. This might be confusing and also uh, too obscure of a video game. But there's a game called Lady Phantom on the PC Engine that is a mm-hmm. it's a tactics RPG where all the characters are not balanced against each other, and it's completely ridiculous. However, it becomes enjoyable to try to figure out how to work around the lack of design consideration because at least it um the game operates well. There are characters that aren't necessarily more powerful than the others that you will never be able to get to see an enemy because they're so slow. They just can't ever reach an enemy because of how slow they are. Uh, there's all this kind of Did stuff. Did you say see an enemy? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Darius. Ooh, thank you. Yeah, but I, I think I would give that game a two because it is quite poorly put together. However... I enjoy playing it, and I think I wouldn't. I think that I enjoy a two more than a three. I think a three or, or a four even. So I think that like four is a good for Bioshock Infinite is good for a four, and I think a three would be something like Jumper for the Xbox 360, which is a uh, yeah, which is like a crappy license game that it's it's like a little fun to break for a while, but then you're like, <laughs> I don't need to do this. 
Man, I've been really rabbit holing on some licensed games lately. <laughs> some real threes. Yeah. And then a one. And then what's a two? No, that was that was my lady fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a two. That all right. Two I it's think got we... all, it's got some parts that you can respect, and then it's just not put together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, right. Yeah. So, so now think, that we uh, have our examples, how would we define one through four? I mean, I was going to say I would give the game Thrill Kill a one. Yeah, that's a I good one. I played Thrill Kill. That's right. a good one. I played Thrill Kill somewhat recently for the first time after years of knowing it's a, a dumb game, and it has just nothing nothing good about it, and that's why it didn't get released. Mm-hmm. It's just a fighting game with no no balance. It, yeah, it's it's just it's nothing. It's dust in the wind. So, like, one is gross. Yeah. Two is it has one cool thing about it. Three is it's messed up, but you can kind of work around it. Yeah. And four is almost mediocre. Yeah. So three, yeah. three, I guess we didn't really drill down on three, but three is like what God hand was to the person who reviewed it for IGN. Right. It's a happy meal toy. They literally gave, yeah, it's, it's like a happy meal toy video game. Like their, their criticism of God hand was that it was just a button mashing game, which is absolutely wrong. God hand kicks you in the nuts if you just try to button mash your way through it it is absolutely not that kind of game. it was misunderstood by them and it was just uh, right they they didn't understand why they were failing at it i think if it a game that just is what that person thought god hand was you know what i i hate to do this but uh, i think the game speed power gun bike has anybody here played speed power gun bike yeah yeah uh, i think that's a three out of ten for me oh i think you're i think you're right like beautiful I want it's it to be good, beautiful. but they they didn't put the yeah. stuff in there that would make it good. You can't control it <laughs> particularly. It's so so horrendously overdesigned, and yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there, maybe the the lead programmer or the director or the game designer, could play it in a way that makes me think, uh, oh, yeah, that game looks cool. Such a kneecapper of yeah. a video game. It seems game. like a three out of ten is the weakest possible game that it's still possible to have fun with. Yeah, well, not even to have fun with, but to really like. It takes you right to the edge of having fun with it. Whereas you get from four on up, I'm like, I'm I'm on board. I can at least choke it down. You know, I can I can eat the whole I can slop up the whole thing. So I think for me two is a, a two is more likely to have one thing that's fun to do to to like there's a way of, of breaking the game that's more fun than or like there, there's a way of working around the game that's more fun than than it was intended somehow. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why I think that way though. That's just how I feel. We're way over time on this question, but I think this is important to nail down. I would like to very quickly ask, what is the CW's Riverdale of video games? <laughs> I feel like there's, there's like two ways to think about Riverdale, like as as like the gritty reboot, as like the adult version of a child thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, at, at this point, Riverdale is just spun out of control so much. Everybody's got superpowers. There's a multiverse in Riverdale, too, now. There's ghosts and demons and everything else. But if, if I'm thinking of Riverdale, Riverdale almost like an original context. Like, it's like, this is it. This is the one from the edge. It's, it's got to be, like, Final Fantasy Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. Mm-hmm. Right? Ah. It's kind of like the, uh, sort of the grown-up version of this uh, child thing that's trying to be, you know, a little bit edgy, a little bit sexy and all of this stuff in it, you know, just just a bit. I, I enjoyed your uh, series of conversations about how, because you, you were talking about um, Riverdale on Twitter there and talking about how Jughead never ate a burger. And, and you you just kept updating that thread across like two years. Um, 
<laughs> like when is when, when is he gonna eat a burger he's that's that's like his whole deal is that he loves burgers and then oh, eventually that's, that's he does, great but it's like a really crappy one or something and he doesn't enjoy it right was that what happened yeah like a burger yeah <laughs> they eventually got it right okay. man yeah so i watched a couple episodes of that show and i really loved what it was going for uh but my only friend mimsy did not necessarily like it as much as i did um and she she thought I was joking when I said I liked it, right? <laughs> so uh, maybe that says something about what kind of video game Riverdale is, right? Um, it's like uh, that when I tried to say, uh, I actually, I, I I think this is hilarious. I want to keep watching this. This is this is wild. And I was just assumed to be uh, some kind of a troll. That uh, I really I I was interested in it. That's just the thing. I liked how it was very clearly set in modern times, but everyone was wearing like meticulous 1950s inspired fashions i thought that was really cool i have a thought based on that um, yeah let's metal gear rising revengeance how so uh it's a game that people genuinely like for its weird corniness and uh strange relationship to the source material while kind of doing its own very odd thing but anytime someone expresses affection for it they're considered being ironic Oh, it's assumed that they, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think Final Fantasy XV has some superficial uh, hooks as well, where it's like Final Fantasy XV has all this Americana stuff in it, you know, and then it's got these dudes walking around looking like they, they, they wandered out of a, a Final Fantasy game. It's got the right uh, music a, for a it mon- as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're eating at a diner mm-hmm. and there's just normal dudes in trucker caps and regular old Levi's walking around. In polo shirts, right? <laughs> and then uh, you've got your your just wild looking, sort of like Vivian Westwood on some bus fumes, kind of weird, you know, outfits they're wearing. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. No, I think I like that. I like that too. I mean, I've only seen a couple episodes of Riverdale, so I I have not gotten to any part where anybody has superpowers or there's a multiverse or anything. So it's just uh, it's just intrigue. And Jughead is just like this kind of like a loner. Right at the point I'm at in the story, yeah, just an intense teen. He's just some <laughs> some super intense teenager who's uh, an aspiring investigative journalist. Uh, it's been almost a year since we watched the three episodes we did. We were we were spending a weekend in uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. If anybody knows uh, that that's a real place, did you know this? Uh, did anybody know this is a real place? Sleepy Hollow is a real place in New York. Mm. Yeah, I went to a wedding there. Yeah, you did. You did. I know you did. Um, but yeah, we were spending a, a weekend in Sleepy Hollow and. We had uh, somebody's mom's TV with the fire stick and, uh, you know, their Netflix was logged in. I was like, let's watch something on Netflix, but not something good because we're in somebody else's house. And I put on Riverdale because we were in a sort of a small town with an American sort of historical downtown. And there was the Headless Horseman, which kind of seems like the sort of thing that that would rile up the kids of the uh, actual Archie Comics era. Right, perhaps conflating Scooby Doo with Riverdale. When are we going to get a Scooby Doo TV show in the vein of Riverdale? Is my question. It feels like they would do it. Wouldn't that be cool? Like yeah. it really seems like it's going to happen. It really seems like it. There, there is a very terrible uh, fan made pilot on YouTube for a uh, Scooby Doo Riverdale type show. Oh, really? I've heard good things about this pilot. The fresh, the gritty reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. I, called Bel Air. Yeah. That got picked up off of somebody's YouTube video. Because Will Smith saw their gritty YouTube video, right? Yeah. Is that So I think that's the goal of these people who were making this this Scooby Doo pilot. Oh, that would be is to try to just get it picked up like They're that. hoping that like Matthew Lillard'll see it or something. 
I don't I don't know how, what kind of pull that guy has. Um, but I yeah, do, he's got to have it more than zero. I told y'all about how um, my buddy and other buddy made a fake trailer for a movie called Clown and said it was by mm-hmm. Eli Roth, and then it went around and people were like, "Wow, look at Eli Roth's new movie!" And then Eli Roth is like. This looked good enough that I thought I did make it. And then uh, Eli Roth called them up and was like, <laughs> let's make that movie. And now that movie is out. Not that it's very particularly good, that movie, but just a, <laughs> that happened Go to fair. somebody that I know in real life. It actually so that occurred. movie and said, now I done seen everything. No, I done seen I just, everything. I just want to use this as an opportunity to say that I would love for nothing more than to somebody let me, uh, let me executive produce for Netflix a persona series set in new york city in oh, the yeah. style of gossip girl but also really funny that's all i want to do uh i've got so many great ideas i know some writers i would call up uh let's make it happen persona xoxo basically yeah yeah i have a, I have a great idea here is our lightning round we're gonna wrap it up right now this is a game i just invented called skin it to win it in this game i'm going to name three characters you have to tell me which of these characters is not available as a player skin in the video game Fortnite. Shoot! <laughs> okay. That's hard. I might get this I'm one. not going to win. Your first set. Kratos, <laughs> uh-huh. Master Chief, mm-hmm. Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy is my vote as well. Yeah. Uh, you're all correct. Chris Redfield yeah. is in the game, but Leon Kennedy is not. I didn't know Chris uh, Redfield was in there, so... He's <laughs> in there. Did you know uh, Jill is in Resident Evil 3? That's a joke. Nice. Thank uh, you. Your next set. Bruno Mars, Travis Scott, Azalea Banks. Mm. Mm. Azalea Banks isn't in there. Bruno think, Mars. I think tr- my first instinct is to say Bruno Mars, but I'm also thinking Travis... No, but Travis Scott is I'm such I'm saying like Bruno a- Mars because... My, uh, you know what? You don't know what I'm basing my Bruno Mars on. What's that? You know what I'm basing that guess on? So I, I don't know what he looks like. Ah, I know that's, what he that's looks all like. I'm, I know what the other two people look <laughs> like, so I don't know what Bruno Mars looks like because I don't. I don't. I, I try not to pay attention to any of this stuff. It feels like Bruno Mars is something that people would want in the game more than Travis Scott. Yeah, um, but uh, probably won't. but also it seems like Travis Scott would be a lot easier to get. So uh, I guess I'll also say Bruno. Okay, I know what Bruno Mars looks like now. Okay, I have seen Bruno Mars before. Topher, what was your guess? Azalea Banks. I don't think Azalea Banks yeah. is correct. Ariana Grande is in the game, but Azalea Banks is not. Oops. Oh, that sucks. All right, your next set. Boba Fett, Han Solo, uh-huh. The Mandalorian. Trick question. They're all in there. Uh, Han Solo. Han Solo's, Han Solo's not in there. Oh, Han Solo is not in there. I would assume it's Han Solo, but I don't know. You're all correct. Han Solo is not in the game. I only know this because I did mention on this podcast watching my little brother uh, flip through his Fortnite characters, and he oh, had yeah. uh, he had Boba Fett. Oh and I yeah, was like, what you he don't got the it. Mandalorian? And then he picked the man. He's like, no, I've got him right here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was a joke, and it, it turned out real. Uh, so yeah, I was. Uh, that's how I know they're both in there. I forgot Thank you told that story. Yeah. Uh, next Thank set. Thank you. The Riddler, Poison Ivy, Black Manta. Shoot. They're probably all in there. Uh, the Riddler. I'll say the Riddler. The Riddler's got to be in there because he can have a gun and he can riddle you with bullets. I'm gonna riddle <laughs> you with this Tommy gun. I'm going to say Poison Ivy. But that's the joke of Fortnite, right? Everybody's got bullets. Batman, Ryu, anybody. It's just weird to see Ryu with a gun, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. 
It doesn't seem right that he should well, be shot. I'm saying dudes Poison while Ivy, even rotating all confident. around. I'll say, uh, I'll say Black Manta. I don't care. Uh, the correct answer is the Riddler. Uh, Poison Ivy and Black Manta are both in the game. That's straight up ridiculous. The Riddler should be in there. He should. I riddle you with this, Batman. Your next set is Gambit, Cable, and Nightcrawler. Uh, well, if Cable was in there, I'd be uh, playing Fortnite right now. So explain to me that, Batman. So I'm going to say Cable. I mean, can they really have Nightcrawler in there with his bamfing teleport ability? Yeah, it feels like it's the, if it's Nightcrawler, we're going to have to have teleportation. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't know. Wait, maybe it is Nightcrawler, because I just, re- I just realized that Josh Brolin portrayed the character Cable in the film Deadpool 2, while also playing Thanos in the film uh, Avengers Endgame. How do they reconcile that? How are they going to... Multiverse. Those, those producers. <laughs> Multiverse, bro. Leave it up to that Ryan Reynolds to figure that one out, I suppose. Um, you know, he'll, he'll come up with something. So where's everybody landing on this? I'm, I'm going to say Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is correct. He's not in the game. He'd either break the game. I mean, if he was in there, people would get mad that he couldn't teleport, right? Yeah. So there it is. Now it gets harder because the rest of these Fortnite skins are original Fortnite characters. Uh-oh. So you have to guess uh, yeah. which of these are actual Fortnite characters and which is just a name I made up. Okay, let's hear him. Let's hear it. <laughs> Mr. Banana. All right. Wanderlust. Okay. Crazy 8. The Mighty Volt. Uh, Wanderlust. I also think Wanderlust. Topher? Uh, I'll say Crazy 8. Crazy 8 is correct. That's oh, the wow. one I made up. That sounded the most real to me. I was sure that that one was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounded like the worst <laughs> name. So Epic I Games, that... hire me. Deadbolt, <laughs> Deadfire, DJ Bop. Hmm, DJ Bop uh, sounds like uh, I, I think the sort of like a kid's cartoon clown dumpster sort of character they would have in Fortnite. Could be a trick question. I'll say Deadbolt. Deadbolt yeah, dead Deadfire. I'm Which gonna one s- is it? I'm going to say Deadbolt is not in there. Deadbolt is correct. That's the one I made up. Nice. Excellent. Uh, y'all get the point on that. Sound check. Sky Stalker. Spider Knight. Spider Knight. I'm just trying to get this over as quickly as possible because I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, guys. Just pick something. I agree. Spider Knight. Spider Knight. Very good. I'm going to say Sky Stalker. Uh, it, it was sound check. The other two oh, are wow. real. Oh, oh, excellent. Head honcho, gut bomb, battle hound. The third one. No, the, no, the third I, one. I think gut, gut, gut bomb sounds pretend. Um, it's probably real. I'll say head honcho is fake. Head honcho is the fake one. Uh, the score is Topher 8, Tim 4, Brandon 4. Uh, Why don't we just, how many more are left? Just one. <laughs> oh, do we, I mean, it's just a formality at this point. Let's go. Well, this one is worth five points. Uh, so, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> your options are Power Cord, Midas Rex, or Louis Kaboom. Oh, Lord. I know it for a fact that, Jeff, you made up Louis Kaboom. I'm not even going <laughs> to. <laughs> Louis Kaboom is it's, good. It's yeah. got to be Louis Kaboom. If it's... I am familiar with the actual Louis Kaboom, Jeff. You're not <laughs> Louis Kaboom is a villain from Power Rangers Zeo and is therefore the fake one. Congratulations, <laughs> Topher. You are our winner. Are we saying that Power Rangers Zeo could not possibly be in Fortnite? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> that uh, they're too old. Who would like to make some recommendations to our audience for uh, media they could enjoy or actions they could partake uh, between now and the next episode? I got one. I think that y'all should watch the the show truth seekers um i recommended it before but now it's like for sure 100 percent all the way canceled never coming back um truth seekers it's uh it's that what's his name frost nick frost guy from um all those 
Shaun of the Dead types. And uh, it's a very good hybridized show that is alternately legitimately kind of spooky, funny, dramatic, and a little heartwarming every once in a while, and has a mystery, and it's interesting. A little bit. And uh, I really liked that show, and I I think the the problem they did was they made a show for me, um, and <laughs> that's like that's probably not a sign that something's going to succeed. They got shot down or what? Yeah, they're done. They just didn't renew it, um, but they also didn't promote it at all. I found it by accident the week that it came out. Like I happened to be looking at I don't know I I think I watched like The World's End or something. And then it came up as a recommendation for other things that had Nick Frost in them. But it w- it had come out like a week or two before that, and I had seen no promotion about it whatsoever. So that's shoot. Says, but you should uh, you should watch it because um, it's over. You can't watch any more of it. But it's like if you like something, if you like things that are a bit Twilight Zone episode, but also have a through line and character development between the episodes, then uh, give it a shot. It's a good one. Uh, does it have jokes in it though? That's what I want to know. It's got some. There, there are more subtle jokes, but they're in there. Okay, I'm there's sold. Jokes then. and there, there's I'm sold. A, I'm sold. Some funny bits. That's it for me. I'm sold on something that's got jokes in it, man. Nice. As long as there's a couple. Tim, you got any recommendations? Uh, I don't know about anything I can formally recommend. I'm in the middle of a couple of things, uh, TV show wise. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Can't really recommend anything. Uh, there's nothing I found. Uh, nothing that has any feeling of being unearthed by me. Sure. You know? So what's the point of saying, uh, like, I don't know, I'm watching Euphoria. It's great. What's the point of me saying that? Right? You know, <laughs> you, you don't need me to tell you that. Right? Yeah. That show's fantastic. You all seen that? No, but I'm about to cancel Netflix and uh, and get Apple TV. And it's, on oh, it's on HBO. It's on Hogbox? Okay. Yeah, it's on, it's, it's on Hogbox. I call it Hogbox. Uh, Hogbox. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd seen enough people on Twitter being like, being like, what is this show even about? I hear people talking about it. It's like I don't know. It's about high school and teenagers. I don't know. It's it's pretty good. It's kind of kind of like if it's got a Riverdale vibe. One might say that's a joke. I don't think it does. It's like super Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that it's like that. Have you ever seen that old show Skins? It's like a better version of that. with a little bit more more right. artistry to it. Uh, the director is just. It's almost like he's making fun of everyone who has a camera okay. in in uh, how how much he's just. Uh, Showing his skills with uh, the camera stuff. I mean, is it the director or is it the camera person? The, the problem. I mean, you know, who knows at this point anymore? Because yeah. nobody knows what any of the people do on movies or or video games. Nobody knows what any of the people actually do. Nobody knows. They don't know who actually moves the camera anymore. It's all the knowledge has been lost to time. Um, <laughs> though uh, all of the there are so many shots in that show that are uh, hilariously like. Like like hideously well composed and well shot and uh, it's 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 very fun. I feel that way about that that other show I was recommending, um, the Green Frontier. That's got some real good cinematography. Uh, you you should you should definitely watch that one, Tim. Watch that Green Frontier. I don't know if I recommended it while you were present, but um, that's my favorite show that I saw on Netflix in the last five years. Oh, you unearthed it. Yeah, I good work. It. I did. I would also, I would like everyone to know that I do know the difference between a director of photography, a director, a producer, and oh, a I cinematographer. I, I know all of that. Just letting everyone know. <laughs> um, I, I know who's responsible for what, and I What's the difference really, between uh, a producer and an executive producer? One of them gives you money, and one of them does work. You know, one of them was born a little bit richer, generally, usually. Nice. You know, the director and creator of Euphoria is actually Barry Levinson's son. Did you know that? Barry Levin's grandson. 
Yeah, yeah. well, Barry Levin's son, son uh, was the joke I would make. Yeah. Son, son, pretty good video game. Not really, actually. I don't. It's okay. Second one's all right. On solid PCN. four. Topher, what do you got? I think the, the show maybe is just somehow wired exactly into my sense of humor somehow is Three Busy Debras on Adult Swim. It's kind of just a surreal sitcom about these three sort of uh, Stepford wife type women all named Debra. Oh, neat. Live in this sort of uh, surreal world of like, it's just like some sort of hell suburb. Like if, if Severance is an office, this is this is a suburb sort of Ooh. that, but it's not it's not it's not that deep. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those shows where it's like uh like every single beat is like the stupidest joke they can think of. It's like it's like they're writing exquisite corpse style, like it's a dare. That's funny though. To make the next beat. So I like I like that show. You wanna show with jokes? You gotta show with jokes. I have some recommendations. First of all, thank you very much for joining us, Topher. Let's talk about doing this again very soon, and I mean it. Sure. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform or you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do that for us. I read them all the time. It brightens my day, and it also helps the show. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com. To follow us on Twitter at insertcredit or watch our episodes on youtube.com slash insertcredit. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Topher Florence. And you have now saved your game. You have now saved your Jerry. Your Jerry's in the bank now.